Learn how to alter your DNA. Expand your consciousness. Heal your body. Attain oneness. Sound, light, heat, vibration, and emotion. Changing us. Learn from the masters and grow wise. Hello and welcome to Health in Action Live. This is Annette Blanchard, holistic health practitioner, bringing you 60 minutes of Healthy Talk Radio. Welcome to the program. We are here to plant seeds of hope as well as possibilities for healing for you to explore because we never know how many options that we really do have and how many possibilities for healing that there really truly are. The 21st century... I can see compared to the like last 40 years, confessing that I truly am a dinosaur as well, that the new millennium is really breaking the boundaries as far as opening up their consciousness and they are ready and more so than ever before to embrace the power of self-healing themselves they're more open to learning about mindfulness you're seeing patterns and a sweep last generation or in the the first century it was like you know massage therapy came out of the closet now all of a sudden it's everywhere it's in medical clinics it's in spas it's in Hogue hospital it's used in oncology it's used in uh children infant massage you were seeing light therapy now being used that was shoved underneath the carpet now what we're starting to learn is another facet of healing that taps into an intuitive knowingness and it goes beyond quote unquote that word mindfulness because what truly is mindfulness but heightening your own awareness on things that you are doing tapping into your subconscious mind exploring the possibilities of how perhaps the brain works and how that intuitive voice inside of you works and if you think about health practitioners and even like with nurses you know there's an intuitive knowingness that has to occur because it's not only being book smart because a nurse can walk in the room and have a gut feeling of something's not quite right but how often are they really guided to heighten that skill it's almost like a sixth sense in some ways and research also acknowledges the importance of intuition as a complementary skill to acknowledge and the intuitive knowingness that a person has, a physician has, a health practitioner has, or even we as an individual have in the destiny of how we can impact and promote our own health and well-being. Today we have a special guest on the program that I'm very kind of excited about because it's really evidence of this shift in consciousness that is beginning to occur where we are becoming proactive and now starting to learn how to tap into those intuitive skills that we 
inherited. Today, our guest is a top medical intuitive as well as a master healer who has quickly become a leading expert on successfully training doctors, nurses, therapists, as well as energy healers in medical intuition. And What's fascinating is she's had over 20 years of experience in the industry and has developed a program and somehow has been able to infiltrate the medical system and the medical model. And so we're going to talk to her a little bit about her journey and the success that she's having of integrating medical intuition into a clinical, traditional medical structure. She's also a published author. And she's lectured to prominent educational health institutes, which is very exciting to bring this type of work into a medical institution, the University of California, San Diego School of Medicine, the Cardiovascular Institute of Scripps Health, the Andrew Weil Center for Integrative Medicine and University of Arizona, and also the Academy of Integrative Health and Medicine, who is now starting to teach traditionally trained physicians that there are other alternatives that can work together in tandem. The other thing that I find exceptionally exciting is the collaboration that she's been able to instigate with the University of California San Diego School of Medicine in actually setting up clinical research to study medical intuition and how it is affecting the patients and how it is influencing not only the assessment for that clinician, but also the patient outcome. Welcome to the program, Wendy. Oh, Annette, thank you. And thank you for that introduction. Well, I'm very excited and I really want to acknowledge you because it takes a pioneer that is courageous and fearful to really break those barriers of society's consciousness, let alone the medical institution consciousness. And so for our listeners, explain to us what exactly does it mean to the word a medical intuitive? Sure. Um, and you might have meant fearless about that word. <laughs> well, and I'm, and let me just say, I'm, I'm not necessarily fearless, but I am passionate. <laughs> and uh, because I've seen what medical intuition can do uh, in the lives of my clients, in the lives of patients who work with medical doctors and people in the field who are also medical intuitives, I've just seen the value there. And that makes me passionate about this skill. So what medical intuition is, is a, a view um, of the physical body and biofield done with a certain kind of intuition, which I can talk about, uh, where we get, uh, we basically have a conversation with the physical body and the biofield. Now, the biofield means the chakra system and the auric field, and that's an electromagnetic field that surrounds and permeates the human body. And there is information and research done on the biofield, and certainly we understand the physical anatomy of the body as well. That's what a medical intuitive does. So we look at it from the physiological side as well as from the emotional, mental, spiritual side. So we're going to look also at life history, at you know what, what could potentially have caused an imbalance in the present moment. And we do it all without asking the client or patient any questions. Uh, we just ask the body and we work with directly with the biofield. 
That's kind of interesting because in some ways it almost reminds me of like applied kinesiology where you're asking the body and you put, you know, maybe a nutritional supplement in their hand and ask the body, is this good for you or not? Do I need one one or two or none at all? Would you? Well, is it in alignment with that? Uh, yes and no. It's the same concept, but it's a much different technique. And um, you know, I love kinesiology. I think it's been extremely useful uh, to many, many uh, practitioners. Where I differ from kinesiology is I'm not asking the body to tell me what it knows specifically. Let me see how I can language this. The body has its own conscious awareness, and that's one of the principles of kinesiology, and that's why they use a muscle testing technique. But let's not forget that the body may not be neutral about any of it, (laughs) meaning the body may have an emotional response about something. And a medical intuitive is trained, at least the way I train and the way I teach and practice, to be neutral in the question-answer process. So we're not necessarily asking the body to have a physical reaction, like a resistance to a pressure, which is kinesiology, we're actually asking it on a much, if I can use this word, a deeper or a more comprehensive level than kinesiology can frankly um, answer. Now, I know people who are going to take exception to that, and all I would say to that is then work with a medical intuitive and see where the differences are. Because in medical intuition, not only am I asking, you know, what does it need, how much does it need, all that jazz, you know, to the degree that I can within my scope of practice, but I'm also asking, where did this information come from? Where did, where's the trauma? What happened when that led to uh, an imbalance that could have led to this particular outcome? And I know there are kinesiology techniques that also work with that, but we're also working with the client's mind in kinesiology, whereas in medication, the client doesn't even need to be part of the equation. We don't need to have their hand, their arm, their physical body in the location. We are asking them from a, a different perspective. We're asking the body and the biofield from a much more quantum, I guess you would call it, perspective. And well, the, answers, go ahead. The, the answers that we're getting, um, frankly, I think are even more accurate. And, you know, I know there are kinesiologists who will take exception to that, but I've taught many kinesiologists or people who work with that technique, and every one of them have said, Medical intuition gets to the root causes so much faster, more accurately, and um, more comprehensively. It really does tap into, I believe, into the area of quantum healing, which is something that we can't verifiably see or scientifically like record because we can see it and document it. It ends up being into almost the molecules of emotion and a a deeper type of level. Now, you talk about uh, medical intuition, but there's also other healing energies. You've had some experience in training in the area of Reiki, which is now becoming a faster-growing, more accepted type of energy healing modality, which is very subtle. How does it differ compared to medical intuition? Uh, It's very different. Reiki uh, is, and all healing modalities are actually healing modalities. They affect the biofield and some cases affect the physical body. There's nothing wrong with that. They're wonderful. I also have a modality myself. The difference between a healing modality and medical intuition uh, is that um, 
we're looking for the root causes, and it's an assessment. It's an assessment and evaluation. So the Reiki practitioners or healing touch practitioners or chiropractors or kinesiologists, frankly, that do their work with the body, um, when they do a medical intuitive assessment first, they get so much information that can hone and direct their uh, interventions or their treatments or their assessments or whatever it is they do. So what that means, Annette, is that I, I work with and I train a huge, a wide variety of practitioners, from physicians to nurses to chiropractors to uh, energy healers and everything in mental health care. So this skill is a foundational skill for assessing and evaluating what's going on in the physical body and biofield before you even go the next step with a treatment or an intervention. And that's really what medical intuition does perfectly. And that's where it, it that's the area it really can shine uh, in. And that's why we have so many different kinds of people who take the program and want to incorporate it into their practices. Well, this, again, I believe is a, a pioneering into an area that has not been fully explored. The most exciting uh thing to me is the fact that you've been able to permeate some of the medical institutions that are well known. However, when you think of where you have gotten to this point today, where you've developed a training program that you are now integrating with medical practitioners, let's go back on your journey because certainly is this an intuitive educational process that you took from the time that you were a young child? You mentioned before that from the time that you were young that you started to notice that you had these particular gifts. Can you share with our listeners how this process emerged? Sure. <laughs> I'd be happy to. Um, you know, I was always an intuitive child, but before I, I talk about my story, let me just say everyone is intuitive. We have uh, it, intuition is hardwired into the human system, and we don't think about these sorts of intuitive skills in our society or in our culture. But when you think about someone and, you know, you find in a, in a day or two they're contacting you out of the blue after you've thought about them, that's actually an intuitive process. It's called clear cognizance, a clear knowingness. And people consider that, you know, coincidence or circum, you know, whatever they call that, serendipity. But it's really not. It, if you look at the research around different kinds of intuition, you'll find that um, we all have it. <laughs> and we use it regularly without calling it that. A gut feeling and a hunch. A gut is, feeling, a hunch. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, how I got started in this is um, just many, many years of practicing intuitive perception on my own as kind of a fun thing I, I could do. You know, many kids are born with an ability for sports or math or art. I was born with a, you know, an ability for intuitive development, and my parents didn't, you know, tell me no, <laughs> which many people get when they're young. Um, right. So I was able to kind of play with this. I read a lot of books, um, and I just tried my own things. And what I noticed was that I was able to heal myself. I uh, healed myself of a small tumor uh, after reading Deepak Chopra's book, Quantum Healing. And in that book, he describes his process of teaching his patients how to heal tumors and things like that in their own bodies with guided visualization or imagery. And I thought, well, this is cool. And when I developed that little tumor, I practiced with his techniques, and I used an image of, you know, happy little bubbles scrubbing away this little tumor. 
And, you know, within two weeks, it was almost gone. It was about half of the size. And uh, my doctor was shocked at the, <laughs> at the change uh, because it wasn't supposed to do that. So when that kind of thing happens to you, you start to realize that there's more going on here than we think. And that mind-body, what that means, you know, what does that mean, mind-body? What does visualization mean? What is, what is healing oneself all about? So I kind of leaped into the whole idea of becoming an energy healer. But let me tell you, Annette, I noticed as an energy healer that um, people would come back again and again with the same issues. And when I started using my intuitive visual perception, I noticed that I could see into their bodies. And I could also see the life history that created, potentially created this imbalance. I could see the whole picture. And um, that information became more important to my clients than the actual healing process of my particular modality. And because of that, I started noticing that my colleagues were sending me their difficult cases, and I started getting calls from doctors asking if I could, you know, help them with difficult cases. And I realized there was this real big gap in healthcare just about information that the body wanted to be known. That kind of knowledge uh, brought to awareness um, really helped my clients and the doctor's patients kind of get a handle on their healing process and learn more about their healing journey. And that, you know, knowledge is power and awareness is key. So it really helped and it helps. And one of the things I find interesting when you start to really heighten your awareness and, you know, fine-tune your antenna and, and tap into that intuitive knowingness and look for signs and, and symbols, quote-unquote, from the universe or God or divine intervention or, uh, quote-unquote, the, uh, uh, I don't know, what's the word, miraculous, wow, that's a coincidence sort of a thing. <laughs> I remember when I came across some of your information and you talked about how you were involved in Louise Hayes' uh, living room healing sessions. And Mm -hmm. I flashed back to the very time that I also went through a cancer experience and stumbled across Louise Hayes and then really learned more about the visualization technique and tapping into that part of your subconscious mind and doing the imaging posters and the visualizations and the power of the affirmations, but also the verbal uh, speaking those Mm -hmm. things and so to me here again after 30 some odd years is a confirmation which Mm -hmm. people need to also look for in their awareness ah i came across this information and it's exactly the information that i'm looking for or it's a confirmation of that which i already know to be true or you've seen it You've heard it from somebody else or somebody else tell you about a, a medical intuitive and then you come across an article and then all of a sudden you run into somebody and so you think it's all coincidence, but it's almost something on a bigger level occurring. I want you to share with our listeners a little bit about Louise Hayes, who is now in heaven. <laughs> However, I did have the opportunity to meet her and mm. thank her 30 years later for the impact that she had on me to have a paradigm shift in my consciousness, 
to learn how to love myself the way that I am if I truly wanted to create healing in my body. So she gave me a paradigm shift and she left a footprint that many years ago. And to see that you had the opportunity to be in the intimate living room, share with our listeners what that was like for you. (laughs) It was so special. Um, I was, you know, this was a long time ago when she was working with the AIDS community in Los Angeles and she had put out, I think, her first two books. One of my dear friends was one of her early assistants, and he knew I was into all this kind of woo-woo stuff, and he said, you know, you should come and see what's going on here. So I, I came over, and um, I would say there were about 20 people or so in the, in the living room there, and she would lead us through a guided meditation and talk about affirmations and, you know, really her, her study and what she brought to the world. And she has a healing experience, too. She healed herself, and that was what kind of spurred her to write her books. Um, what I noticed and what I remember from that time was um, she would have a volunteer, uh, someone could say, I want a healing, and we would just use any means that we thought of uh, intentionally to send healing energy to somebody. Now, I've never, I didn't, had never done anything like that. So what I remember is that the energy in the room, and I sort of put my hands out and pointed my palms toward the person, and you know, felt all this energy rushing through, and it was really fun. And the person would say, you know, I feel so much lighter or better or whatever. And that was like one of those experiences where you go, well, again, you know, something's happening here. I'm very curious about this. Uh, and I was always very curious about things like that. So it was a lovely kind of springboard for me to leap off and decide, what do I want to learn about energy healing? And I became an energy healer. I studied at a few different schools. I became an energy healing instructor and intuitive development instructor. And again, you know, I found that I was having this kind of elevated practice where I could do things that other healers couldn't do, and I realized that it needed to be taught. So I decided to develop my own programs for this, and that's what I'm teaching now. And it's also... These programs are for people who are already working in the healing sector. These are for wellness professionals uh, so that they can start to integrate it into their own practices and we can start to change the paradigm uh, that's really not working for anyone out there uh, in terms of healthcare. And that's one of the things that I find most exciting. So when you look at uh, holistic health practitioners or traditionally trained practitioners, and you embark on this training. I think to myself, oh my goodness, how can you really teach intuition? If you mm-hmm. have a person that's really cerebral, and sometimes you have clinicians that are very cerebral, and they are <laughs> not uh, intuitive, or they're not like that feely, because I think of different practitioners I know, and I think, oh, if you want to go to this gal, she is military trained, and she's uh, you know, boots to the wall and pull up your britches and this is the way that it is, right? And then there's mm. other ones that are compassionate and loving and understanding <laughs> and they have an excellent bedside manner. So mm-hmm. how do you teach uh, someone that is cerebral mm-hmm. to shift their consciousness to become intuitive? Can you really <laughs> train someone? Yes, I can, and it's really fun for me to work with people who are more comfortable on their left brain side, <laughs> um, because it, it's it's fabulous to watch someone learn how to open up their, 
this is a specific kind of intuition. So their intuitive side, but not their feeling intuition. That's clairsentience. That's that compassionate, you know, I feel everything in my own energy, and if you're crying, then I'm crying, you know, kind of experience. That's called clairsentience, and it's wonderful, um, but it doesn't help you with the, you know, the view that you're going to need to be medical intuitive because you're going to see and feel everything, and you don't want to feel everybody's everything. You want to be able to see it compassionately, but with a good deal of neutrality. So um, the cerebral, as you call it, the left brain people already understand that neutrality side. So it's not hard to teach them how to view uh, and, and get to the, the experience of intuitive visual viewing. Uh, for the people who are very, very clairsentient, there's actually even more of a learning curve, believe it or not, because they're used to feeling every little thing and frankly, they're used to being bombarded by everyone's feelings. <laughs> and um, they they actually have a little more of a learning curve with this, but they get it as well. So uh, anyone can learn this um, and utilize it in their practice. Would you say that the gift of intuitive, uh, medical intuitive uh, knowingness or healing also would tap into one of the skills that have been classified as re, quote-unquote remote healing? Does it also tap into where you use your own mind, your thoughts, your intention, as in Emoto and his research on how your linguistics and your thoughts play a role? You know, these are great questions, Annette. I would say it has nothing to do with intention, and it has nothing to do with... Um, the way remote viewing is used traditionally. What it has to do with, although there are similarities with remote viewing, but not the way it's traditionally taught or used. Um, there are medical intuition, to be very specific about it, is a skill of looking at the body with intuitive visual skill, and that's called clairvoyance. Clair meaning clear. Voyance is a French word meaning to see. That's a French word altogether, clairvoyance. And that's all it means. And that, what that means in our culture is using your mind's eye to visualize. And we all know how to do that. <laughs> um, but to train yourself, or to train in medical intuition means to take that basic skill that we all know how to do and develop it as if you're learning a new language, right, similar to that kind of process. With instruction, with practice, and with time, you can learn to view and scan uh, someone else's physical body and biofield for information, and it's so the the use and practice of it are much different than those that you mentioned, uh, and it's not intention based. Honestly, it's a, it's a it's a literal skill that you learn. It's like working a muscle, and it's a muscle that you didn't know you had. <laughs> well, it's almost like our sixth sense, right? We are not trained to develop this other sense, so to speak. Correct. You know, or it's like our creative um, abilities. When yes. we look at, even in school, okay, you have one hour of eight cl uh, art class or you have one hour yes. of music and then you go off and you, but they don't really understand that the creative use of the hands within cursive writing actually creates a development of the brain and rebalances the brain from the left side and the right side. And those well, are some of the gifts and talents of our creative gifts. Yes, and I've had people say to me who've gone through the program, I see what this is doing is, you know, someone who has understanding of the neurological function and the cognitive functions of the brain is that this is very much like learning to play an instrument in that it, it kind of um, 
I don't know what the word is. It, it's complementary to developing the left and right hemispheres in terms of this creative process. Musicians, uh, you know, have this because you have to learn how to read music and play music, and they're really a left brain and a right brain function. So is medical intuition. I think I could, I could say that. Now, it hasn't been studied for that, but I certainly would be curious to know uh, if it does that. I think it does. Um, well, yeah. well, it would be interesting because I could see a correlation of the mm-hmm. stimulation, primarily because I've been doing a little bit of clinical research and communicating with someone that has spent 20 years on studying the left side and right side of the brain and how we can <laughs> actually stimulate it. So yeah. I can see this as a direct link to also stimulate and improve those neural pathways. When you go, when you work with a a, a health pr- practitioner and someone that is science and medically trained, yeah. When you put together a training program, one of the parts of the training program you talk about is the importance of learning how to see into the biofield for where there's energetic blocks. Let's talk Correct. about what do you mean by looking into or scanning someone's biofield and how do you teach that? Well, what I mean by scanning the biofield is getting a visual view of the chakra system and the auric field. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, the way I correlate this is by using your mind's eye. See, here's the thing. Everybody can close their eyes and sort of get a picture in their mind of their loved one or their kitty cat or their pet, you know. Everyone has the ability just to take a moment, close your eyes, and think about your front door. Everyone can do that. And that skill, believe it or not, is the foundation of using medical intuition to scan both the body and the biofield. Now, how you get from there to, you know, a certified medical intuitive is the basis of my program. (laughs) And there are techniques and skills, and we do a ton of practicing in class, and the students get to do homework between the classes and write out case reports, and it's a very mentored process. Uh, But everyone who's gone through the program has gained... Uh, the ability to do this. Uh, very, very few people feel like they can't do it. Um, if you close your eyes and you can't get the p- a picture in your mind of your front door or your loved one or your pet, there may be some blocks there that need to be worked through. But for the most part, I would say, you know, the 99%, 98% of people can do this and find that once they start working that muscle, it, it gets easier and easier. It gets faster and faster. So, what I can share with you is some of the results of, of a pilot study we completed last year of the effect, effectiveness and accuracy of the process that I've developed for my students. I'd love to share that with you. Well, uh, first of all, I'd love to share you to share with our listeners exactly how did that pilot study actually occur and actually be implemented by one of the universities in a accredited facility that kind of okay wait a minute wait a minute I think we need to collaborate with you to figure out what's going on here (laughs) I'll give you the whole story and it's really fun I looked out there in the medical literature to see where there have been studies on medical intuition and here's what I found there have been zero studies on medical intuition Um, actually that's not true there was one study done many years ago with three I would say self, um, uh, you know, they were self-identified as medical intuitives, and the results were so inconclusive, I'm not even sure it was published. Um, Now, 
there's a ton of studies on intuition in healthcare. I was surprised. But nurses have had tons, they've done tons of research on how they use intuition in healthcare. Physicians as well, and other fields. Psychology has a lot of uh, published research on intuition and how the, the practitioner uses it. But there isn't anything on specifically medical intuition as it's defined in the way I've defined it and the way others who use medical intuition to have to find it. So I decided I was going to take matters into my own hands. <laughs> All right, you I'm... go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> because I knew that our practitioners, my students were getting very high anecdotal rates of, of accuracy. And I knew that in my career I could, you know, measure, oh, you know, 80 to 90% accurate, sure. But I wanted to see what we, what we could come up with if we actually studied this. So I, I worked with some wonderful people at Scripps and down in San Diego who have knowledge of how to create <laughs> a good research study. And I put together a survey, and we called out you know, to the communities and said, we would like to find people who'd like to join us. So these were self-selected people who wanted to have a session as part of the survey. Five of my certified graduates were the medical intuitives, and we had the participants fill out a, a survey afterwards. Now, these were blinded sessions, meaning the medical intuitives had no idea what the client was coming in with. We do no intake, and we, we never do. It's not part of our protocol to do an intake. We don't want to have any biases going in. We just want to take a look and see what's purely there. And, um, and that was the sort of the, the format of the study. So what we found was that our medical intuitives um, had a 94% success rate accuracy rate, I should say, in location and evaluation of that person's primary health care issue. No prior information. Our sessions are eyes closed. They can be done remotely or in person, so we didn't have any visual cues either, and we got a 94% success rate. That the is absolutely other- unbelievably incredible. 94, 94% is sort of off the charts. <laughs> When you think well, was, of, I didn't see them and I didn't, that is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, we were thrilled with that one. Uh, we also found, and remember I said we also look at life history. So we look into the energy field, we look into the body, and we ask, what do you need to show us? And we had a 98% accuracy level in uh, life experience, description of life experience that um, could have led to this health outcome. Well, that is the participant of the studies personal viewpoint, you know, but so there's really no way to accurately corroborate that, but that result at 98% was higher than we expected, and we so loved to see. That was beautiful to see. So our medical intuitives are actually making a correlation between a life experience that they visually see and what the client says, yes, I can see that is that is probable, and, and they make that connection. We What's- also saw, go ahead. Okay, what I was going to add to that is, you know, your life experience. Mm -hmm. I don't realize that oftentimes a physician really gives any credit or credibility to one's life experience. That is the mechanism, mechanism that could have created the domino effect. So when we look for the very roots of 
what is causing the problem instead of just the drug, the surgery, or the modality, we need to dig deeper. And that's one of the things that I find particularly exciting about the work that you are doing and that you are bringing to the medical community and the consciousness. So I find that it, it lights my fire. And I get excited <laughs> about that <laughs> because now we're, getting, too. now we're getting to the meat and potatoes, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. Right? And this is, oh, without question. Listen, the, the connection between mind, body, and spirit is real. And medical intuition is, this is our job. We want to look at that connection between mind, body, and spirit. And you said the domino effect. Well, guess what? Research has corroborated this now. We have something called what adverse childhood experiences, ACEs, that is being studied uh, in the psychology sector and in the medical, traditional medical sector, because they're seeing a, collabor- a corroboration between early life trauma and adult disease, cancer, respiratory issues, um, you know, diabetes, things that might not have happened had there not been an early trauma. So they're, they're doing the kind of work now in research that medical intuitives have been doing for decades. And it's exciting for us to see that. So we do look. Uh, the other piece of data that we came up with, which we were so excited about, uh, was we asked the participants if they had had a known medical diagnosis. Now, this was part of the survey. It wasn't an intake, so we didn't know ahead of time. And what we found that um, about half of the participants had received a known medical diagnosis from their medical health care provider. Our medical intuitives were rated by them as 94% consistent with that diagnosis. Now, that's an extraordinary piece of evidence, because, or data, I should say, because we didn't expect to see that, but we saw that. And that was what I took, along with all the other parts of this study, to my colleague, uh, Dr. Paul Mills, who is um, a director of a research center, and he's a professor of family medicine at UCSD, that's San Diego, University of California, San Diego, at the School of Medicine. And I said, what do you think of all this? And he said, well, I think it's time we had a gold standard study on this practice because there's so much anecdotal evidence. Now you have some hard data. Let's do this. <laughs> you know what thrill. that makes me want to do? It makes me want to jump out of my chair and do the happy dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, this is honestly what's been needed in this field forever. And uh, now we have a method and a practice and graduates. And by the way, the, the, the medical intuitives, the five people that were part of this study, all studied with me, and they had, been, they had just graduated their program, and they'd only been doing this work for nine months, okay? That's my program is nine months. And I tested them at nine months, and we came out with these very, very high accuracy rates. So I'm thrilled with that, of course. Um, so, And I'm sure this is like throwing a log on the fire for these health practitioners that can sometimes get caught up in the, uh, the humdrum and the statistical, oh, fill out this paper, fill out, and they lose the connection with the person and the patient. They are a number, a piece of paper, a medical code, and they never really get to the root. I believe this will be a bridge to relight the fire, to inspire health practitioners in the next millennium to be engaged on a whole other level, which really, truly does get into quantum healing. 
Yes. And let me tell you this, and this is a little bit of encouragement, Annette. When I speak at the Andrew Wells Center, I've I'm, I, I'm been very blessed to uh, give presentations to their medical students and residents. These are young doctors, doctors just out of training or still in training. And they get it. They get it. They understand that what we're talking about here is something that really hasn't been part of their standard training, but it exists. And so they're excited about it. And when I speak with seasoned doctors, you know, doctors who've been around the block a million years, they get it too because they know that when they trust their hunches or their clinical, you know, not their just their cookie cutter, you know, training, when they trust their gut feelings, they're very often correct. But no one has ever talked to them about the whole idea of you can actually use this as a skill set and it can be learned and developed and you can actually bring it into your practice. So now that my students who are, again, are this wide variety of practitioners are using it, I've asked them to send me their own case reports and case studies about how it's working. And they're telling me that it's saving them so much time. Uh, It's saving their patients so much cost. Uh, It's raising compliance level with their patients and clients. They're getting on board with their healthcare process. Uh, They're getting this 360-degree holistic view of their patients' issues that includes mind, body, spirit, mental, emotional, physical, you know, spiritual, etc. Um, and, and it's helping in the healing process like nothing else they've ever used. Well, that makes me happy. <laughs> and well, yes, and understand. they're not having to rely on the prescription pod. Yeah, and, and the thing about, let me just say this, Annette, is that we can't have any biases um, in medical intuition. We have to leave our cognitive biases at the door. And what I mean by that is, you know, seeing through a lens of your training. And lenses are important. If you're a specialist, you need to know what your specialism is. You know, you need to know what that is. So you have to look through someone, your lens with, at someone. Acupuncturists do that. Chiropractors do that. Everybody does that, even energy healers. We look through the lens of our training. problem with that is that we can miss things and that people can come back time and time again with the same issue. There's no permission for healing. There's very low ability to heal in many cases. Well, what's going on there? Well, medical intuition addresses that. If, you know, at the very least, it addresses that, and it helps people find ways to address their healing journey in ways that are going to work for them. And that's revolutionary as far as I can see. <laughs> and it helps everything and everyone from any sector. So how can a health practitioner take that intuitive medical intuition, quote-unquote, knowledge and transcend it in a way in which it still provides value for that patient trying to stay within the confines of what insurance covers and what insurance doesn't cover and also promote healing for that patient and recovery. Yes. So here's what I here's how I see that picture developing. Um, the doctors that I speak with at these conferences that come up to me and say, you know, I have to tell you I've been working with the medical intuitive for years and I haven't told my colleagues, <laughs> but my patients are healing and theirs aren't, etc. Um, medical intuition has a place in uh, traditional medicine by the, at the side of the doctors, really. It's there to support and be part of a care team uh, with um, an integrative and functional medicine. So what this means is that doctors who understand the value of prescribing yoga or prescribing energy healing or prescribing diet, that's all under the umbrella of 
uh, integrative and functional medicine, well, medical intuitives belong there too. Because when a patient is not healing or the symptoms are atypical or uh, the tests are inconclusive, and there is a lot of that because people do fall outside of testing and testing, you know, it it, uh, evolves over time. Medical intuitives have the ability, if they're trained correctly, uh, to see things before maybe there's even a word for it. I saw SIBO, Annette, 20 years ago before there was actually a, you know, an understanding in society of what SIBO was. SIBO is small intestinal bowel overgrowth. Just by looking at someone's small intestine, I could see certain things. Now, if, they, if there was an ability for them to go to a doctor and have a test for it at the time, they could have tested for it, <laughs> but I saw it. So this means that medical intuitives can be extremely useful in research. We have medical intuitives already in research, medical research, scientific research. We have medical intuitives in the ER working alongside doctors. We need to have them come out of the, you know, sort of the shadows here. Out of the closet, and, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, here's the thing that I find so amusing. Everybody who has a great doctor says, oh, my doctor's the greatest. Why are they the greatest? Because they're using, on some level, their intuition to get to their, to do their work more effectively. They may not talk about it, but generally speaking, those are the people that we recommend to each other. <laughs> You've got you to know, go I, to my chiropractor. They're, they're amazing. You know, well, why? <laughs> well, I think sometimes those practitioners look beyond what is. Exactly. They dig deeper because, honestly, I have seen... Many times, whether it's a sports injury, whether it's a dealing with a patient that has cancer, whether it's dealing with somebody that's battling some other health condition, or they're maxed out to with stress to the max, there yeah. is always an underlying root cause. And yeah. in order to create profound healing and change and a shift in the paradigm, you have to look beyond what you are seeing on the physical level to beneath the surface of the waterline, which really kind of gets into partially the subconscious mind, the yeah. closet where people stuff trauma, emotions, dreams, hopes, desires, where they where their fears fester. Yeah. All of those things are interrelated into that whole healing process. So what's interesting to me, when you think about traditionally trained physicians and now you're talking to them okay we're going to talk to you about your aura and your mm. chakra healing system <laughs> when the chakra system was just in the <laughs> yoga studio or in the metaphysical work where you're going to go see a psychic right mm. okay now people are kind of going okay wait a minute you know the chakras <laughs> come on tell me okay well you know <laughs> you're right it there's definitely a, a leap that happens, but here's the thing. There, I have so many case reports and so much evidence now, just, you know, from the work that I've done, the work my students are doing, that there's enough to kind of engage. Uh, the doctors that are attracted to this obviously, you know, have some idea of something bigger is in process, you know, in, in, in play here in, the, in a patient's experience. What is that thing? And that's why integrative and functional medicine is so phenomenal because they're asking those questions. They're getting educated in alternative, quote, complementary, quote, uh, modalities and skills that help them understand that there are different ways to look at the physical body and, and the healing process. Um, so, no, you know, so far so good. I would say that um, 
people have heard the word chakra enough. Um, and here's the deal. The NIH, the National Institute of Health, actually has on their website, if you go and search under biofield, you'll find a ton of research dating back to, I think, 1992 or something um, about what is the biofield, how does it play into, into health, uh, how does it play into health care. There's so much information that, you know, it just hasn't reached the mainstream yet, but it exists uh, on the National Institute of, Institutes of Health website, which tells you something. Uh, there's something going on here. There so is there's definitely a lot. an emergence that is uh, occurring, and there is, I believe, like a ground movement Yeah, that is not starting that, to occur. You know, Annette, it's not that far out. You're absolutely and correct in that Chinese medicine has been around for how many centuries? Exactly. Thousands and of years. Thousands of years, and Ayurvedic medicine has been around for thousands of years, and both of those modalities have at their root uh, the idea and concept and acknowledgement of energy. In Chinese medicine, it's called qi or qi. In um, Ayurvedic, it's called prana. In medical intuition, we don't actually have a name for it because we look at it differently. We just know that the body has a consciousness. And what is that consciousness and what does it want to tell us? (laughs) And that's how we view it. And it is interesting also to when you really start to tap into the wisdom of the body and for people to as an individual whether you're a health practitioner or not because many health practitioners also need a little bit of healing themselves so do. it's not only <laughs> particular for and also sometimes more because they are giving of themselves in another way so it's also important for them to rebalance so they have more to give and more to contribute you know so there's this whole shift that is occurring in the overall consciousness can you share with our listeners a couple of memorable client stories that maybe that come to the forefront of your consciousness that caught your attention and thought wow well, yes, absolutely, and I'm very happy, and I've got a million of these, but this is the one I talk about because it gives the listeners an opportunity to understand everything I've been talking about, about how we view the physical body and the biofield and look at the life stories and where everything comes together. So uh, this was a client, this was some years ago, a client, uh, I'd say she was in her mid-40s, a successful businesswoman. She'd had a persistent case of tendonitis in her wrist. It had been going on for about a month. You know, tendonitis can last a long time, and it can be very bothersome. But her experience was that it came out of the blue. You know, she didn't know why it was there, and nothing she was trying was working. And she asked me to take a look at it. So I did, and here's what I saw. Now, one of the ways I look at the body is very similar to how you would look at an MRI. You see all the workings, sort of a functional MRI, so you can see things working and moving and what's going on in there physically in the visual sense. And I saw inflamed tendons in her wrist. Underneath those inflamed tendons, I also saw what looked like a bone scar, like a fracture that had healed. And all around the wrist, I saw this sort of uh, cloud of grief and heavy emotion. And this is when I start to ask the body, well, what, what, what's going on in here? I can see physically what's happening, but what's also happening? And it's like watching a movie of someone's life. And up pops this little movie of her 
about age 21 or so, playing tennis with her boyfriend. She swung her racket and she fell and tripped and broke her uh, wrist. She fell on her wrist and broke it. And that was what that bone scar was. Um, the next thing it showed me was her in the um, ER getting her wrist taken care of and her boyfriend breaking up with her in the ER right then and there. And what her wrist was saying was that her it had held on to this physical um, trauma, this physical you know break, fracture, but also the emotional trauma of her boyfriend breaking up with her. It was just all too much, and her wrist was holding on to it. Now, at that moment, my client, uh, she wouldn't have had to, but she did. She spoke up, and she said, I'm going through a breakup right now. I'm going through a breakup right now with my partner, who I've been with for over 10 years. And I looked at her, and I said, when did that happen? She said, about a month ago, just before the flare-up, the flare-up happened. And um, what, what the body was trying to tell her was that the breakup in the present had activated this unresolved trauma, grief and physical trauma from the past, and it resulted in tendonitis. Now, that is what the body wanted to, her to know. There was more for, that it wanted her to know. <laughs> there was more to look at. As I looked at it, uh, it showed me an image of her at age five. In a, she was in a dark closet. She was raising that same arm up for protection, and a cane was hitting her right at that same point in her wrist uh, very violently by a, what looked like a mother or woman. And my client corroborated that visual, and she said, my mother was mentally ill. She used to beat me with her cane and lock me in a closet. Excuse me. So her wrist was basically telling her there's a lifetime of grief and trauma trapped in this wrist that was triggered by this life experience. Now, when you think about that, you don't make that connection, do you? It's not a logical connection between early life trauma, a 20-year-old experience, and a 40-something-year-old experience of a breakup. Why would you make that connection? This is when I say the body has its own logic and its own consciousness. That's what I mean. Uh, And it had information for her in that regard. Now, I also have to ask the body what can help this heal and what information can they take to their primary care physician, you know, about this. And what her body showed me was, you know, it it had related sleep issues. You know, she was not sleeping well because of the emotional state and the physical state. She was not, her gut was having some reactivity as well, and there was some inflammation in other parts. But all of it led to this emotionally devastating kind of series of events. Um, and I left her with that because it's all about awareness, bringing to awareness the information. And she said she would sit and think about it. Well, I called her two days later, and she told me the pain was completely gone. Her wrist was completely back to normal, and that she felt able to process the emotions of the breakup that she was holding on to for that whole last month. And when she let it go, the wrist healed. Now, that is a tip. The idea of healing is not necessarily what happens in medical intuition immediately like that. But what it does is it opens the door with awareness to the process of allowing for healing, for permission level to allow for healing. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense because there definitely is a permission level. Because Mm -hmm. even working at the cancer clinic down in Mexico, we did something similar that was sort of like a 
called recall therapy where you really look into traumas and you look at someone's lifeline at different things that occurred at different sign times and you actually start to see patterns yeah but what's interesting about medical intuition it almost seems like cutting to the chase without as much digging correct and I'll tell you why. And it's so great that you brought that up, Annette, because it is cutting to the chase. I'm not asking the client to remember things. And often they don't remember things, right? Because some of some traumas, we think of traumas. You bury as them. Very, and yeah, it's a well, protective mechanism. Of course it is. And, you know, here's the thing. When a child spills the milk, you know, who's three years old, and mother yells, that can actually be a traumatic experience for someone. A whole set of unconscious, you know, beliefs and things can be set up from there, which can actually turn into some kind of physical imbalance later in life. I know that might sound far-fetched to some people, but that in a nutshell is the mind-body experience. So, you know, I, I just see what I see, and everybody is different. And everybody What's has really their own, exciting, yeah. Wendy, is that you've been able to take this gift that you've developed, you've been able to put a training program together in a way that you can access and penetrate the medical community to see the value of how they can really take their own professional career to another level, but also the health and well-being of their patients to another level, which I believe will really put a log on the fire of their inspiration and their motivation for why they got into medicine in the first place. I know that we've blown through an entire hour. However, (laughs) I want to really quickly, and it feels like it was only five minutes, however, share with our listeners or those that are interested in possibly tapping into that intuitive knowingness and how they can possibly do that. Well, I have two opportunities, yes. Two opportunities for people. They can go to the website at thepracticalpath.com. Again, thepracticalpath.com. And uh, take a look at that. The first program is a a one-day workshop, a six-hour workshop. That is open to everyone. And that is for people to start to develop their mind-body communication so they can start to work on it for self-healing. And that's... Uh, workshop is called Medical Intuition for Healing. The main program is a nine-month program, uh, level one and a level two. That is, all of my programs are taught live online. Uh, the Medical Intuitive Training Program, the nine-month training, is for wellness professionals of all kinds. And there's more information on the website about all of that. Well, Wendy, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share with our listeners today on how they can tap into that intuitive knowingness that they have it was a blessing to have you on the program and planting a seed of possibility to expand their consciousness and their own body's ability to heal to help amp up also their patients thank you again for being on the program and perhaps we can delve into another interview at another time i would love that annette thank you so much for having me it's a true pleasure all right thank you so much bye for now Hopefully those of you that were listening were making massive notes because I found that quite fascinating, didn't you? Take care and tune in in two more weeks for Health in Action Live at bbsradio slash healthinactionlive.com. Bye for now.